Hello, good afternoon. This is the Midday News. The news is live on Joy 99.7 in Accra, Love 99.5 in Kumasi, and over 30 affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions, including Radio Justice Tamale, Radio Pandu Pandu, Fafa Radio Joje, and Jata FM Karaga. We are live on X Spaces, Facebook Live Stream, and my Joy Online Interactive app. The Midday News is sponsored by Petrosol, your clean fuel in full quantity. Petrosol, always a delightful experience, and Duraplast Ghana Limited. Producers of quality PVC and HDPE pipes and water tank. The only water storage tank with a level indicator where Duraplast goes, water flows. Coming up, uncertainty persists as government debates whether a state of emergency should be declared in flood-affected areas as over 10,000 persons are displaced in Peru in the Bunu East region amid Volta Lake overflow. What we've been able to do for now is to get a place for them to relocate uh, temporarily whilst we for other support from the top Meanwhile, there's a race against the spread of waterborne diseases in Mepe, Volta region's hardest hit town, as concerns of cholera and other disease outbreaks grow. The health implications that it is bringing now is a very, very big major concern because it started breeding mosquitoes already. Also in this package, Finance Ministry and Bank of Ghana set up financial oversight desk to ensure discipline in cocoa board expenditure plus monthly auditing of ECG's revenue. That will really interact with the financing division of cocoa board um, to make sure that the issues of fertilizer, cocoa roads, um, overheads, you know, are all brought um, into an ambit um, of discipline. And as government looks forward to reaching an agreement with her external creditors to restructure over $10 billion, the finance minister is optimistic a deal will be reached before the end of the year. We have done our part with regards to burden sharing. I think it then behoves you to also tick those three boxes that we have so that we can get to the equilibrium that would ensure faster productivity. Also, fight against HIV spread jeopardized as over 30% of patients delay antiretroviral treatment due to high cost of drugs. That's according to the Ghana AIDS Commission. We have high number of what we call lost to follow up people we, who are were on treatment but can no longer be traced. That number is more than 30% of the people who are on treatment. That is very worrying. And in sports, exciting new African Football League to kick off with $4 million as prize money. And Ghana Bar Association urges national dialogue on security zone designations following police prohibitions of fixed the country and minority protests. There is the need for a national dialogue for us to, for there to be an agreement as to which installations qualify to be designated as security zones, in respect of which there should be no demonstration on such premises. And at Chimato School, books first place in the finals of the NSMQ. Now, St. Louis Senior High School has 26 points. Westland Girls High School has 31 points. Atchimata School has 41 points. We've got details of these and more here on the Midday News. Thanks for choosing us. Join News Independent, Fearless and Credible.
Amberne Sabubeidu Lansa, the details now. Authorities at Peru in the Bunu East region say the humanitarian crisis occasioned by the overflow of the Volta Lake is getting out of hand. As of the last count, some 10 communities spread across four districts have been flooded, leaving over 10,000 people homeless. The local district assembly has relocated some to safe places, but they say they've run out of resources. We'll hear from the district chief executive and MP for the area, but first, Lava Firms Nanaya Ojima visited some of the affected areas and has more in the following report. At least six communities in the Pru East District are affected by the flood. Faisal is the last among residents of Wutudeke to evacuate their homes after the floods. The floodwaters have taken over the whole community. I'm the last person to evacuate because my home was on a hill, so I was the last to be affected. A piece of farmland is cleared for the construction of a hut for shelter. With support from other community members, the wooden structure is nearing completion. Dried grass is used to roof the structure for habitation, but he fears his property may be destroyed should it rain again. I'm now going to other people's homes for polythene bags to cover my properties. If it rains, I would have to seek shelter from another individual's home. Faisal's family is one of the over 500 families of Butudeke to be affected by the flood. Already, some families have completed their shelters. Fante Ekra is the hardest hit community by the flood. An overwhelmed assembly member, Mohammed, sheds tears. My house is now filled by victims of flood. We are in need of help now. Many continue to count their losses as the floodwaters are yet to recede. The NDC parliamentary candidate for the area, Emmanuel Kwekubwam, is leading efforts to solicit support for the victims. Nanaya Ojima with that report. The DC of Pru East, Adam Abdullah, told me earlier that the situation is getting out of hand. What we've been able to do for now is to get a place for them to relocate uh, centrally whilst we wait for um, other support from the top with uh, individuals who have some and then NGOs, we are pleading with people who have tried support for us to come to our aid. As you see, the situation for ourselves. So as an assembly, we've been able to acquire land for the people temporarily. But uh, looking at things, when we, when we got the place for them, they think that that place would have been nice for them so that they don't go back to the place even if the water situation there is from or if the place has come to back to normal because it might revisit them. So they will think that what we have gotten for them to the temporary place, they would like to uh, stay there for life. But you know, if it comes indication that they should stay there for life, you know, we need to go back to Nananum and then speak to them because you heard DCE of Pro East, Adam Abdullah. Now, there have been calls for government to declare a state of emergency in the flood-affected areas. But Deputy Information Minister Fatih Abubakar says government does not consider the situation worthy of such. 
I don't think that that is something that is considered at the moment. But of course, uh, this is when we talk about emergency and disasters, it should tell you that even with the best of minds, maybe things may go beyond your anticipation. But in the meantime, the focus has been on health, safety, and also evacuation exercises and, and relief support. Fatih Abubakar is Deputy Information Minister. I'll take you back to the Pru East area. And let's go to Meper now in the North Tong district of the Volta region, which is the hardest hit. The assembly member for the area, Amos Ahosu, says the polluted water can create a health crisis. Uh, the health need is much needed, much, much needed. The, the health directory, they've created a, a mobile clinic for the, for the, for the safe heaven. So... I learned a woman is in del- delivered there and uh, they are taking care of uh, the people in that manner. But in another aspect of uh, it is uh, the water that is heavily being polluted now that uh, we can't drink, you can't, you can't bath with it, you can't do anything with it. So the health implications that it is bringing now is a very, very big major concern because it started breeding mosquitoes already. Uh, cholera will come in, typhoid, and the other communicable diseases, name them. It's not the best. The situation is not the best. So if authorities are listening and they can assist us in that manner to find, because the health center that was created, at least they need a certain basic uh, uh, tablet to operate with. Let's head to the community now. John uses Carlos Colony has been stationed in Mepe for us. And Carlos, what's the situation today? All right, but it's, uh, the situation is not getting better, especially in the three tongue district. In the North Tongue, for instance, many victims are actually leaving the camps, you know, to relatives in other parts of the country. Some are in Ashaiman, Tama, and all those places. In one of the camps that we visited on Monday, uh, when we, we came here last Monday, the, the numbers were so high. But today, a few people are actually at that camp. And those we spoke to are saying that it's due to the condition at this camp. And so those people have have got to move away from the camp. In central Tongo, the situation has not changed. But in south Tongo, you know, residents say the water levels are rising, yet relief items are slow in coming. And they are blaming this, the focus on MEPE. Uh, they appear uh, to feel that uh, the South Tongue people have been neglected and all the focus now is on Mepe. That's the picture. And um, Carlos, you've also been interacting with some traders. What do they tell you? Indeed, a lot of traders that say their businesses have been affected. Uh, yesterday we spoke to one, today we spoke to one, and they're saying that if nothing is done about the situation, getting back will be a difficulty. This is the water we are because they said the water is contaminated, so they cannot come and buy the fish for us. So we are suffering. Since morning, I have not made any single sale. Even yesterday, how much did I sell? 500 cities. So, yes, like 2,000 or 3,000. But now, yesterday, 500. Today, nothing. They can't come out to buy the, the, the tilapia or the business that we are doing here. So we are really suffering. Sometimes we can sell 2,000, 3,000 a day, but for now, no. Things have really gone down. People, people are not coming to, to buy. 
Earlier, you heard Carlos Caloni, my colleague, who is stationed uh, in the Volta region for us, monitoring the flood situation. Now, the Volta River Authority, VRA, says it's committed an initial 10 million CDs towards alleviating the plight of persons affected by the floods following the spillage of the Kosombo and Pond dams. At least 26,000 people have been forced out of their homes in parts of the Volta, Eastern and Greater Accra regions. Now, there's also a threat of disease outbreak as victims are cramped in classrooms without basic amenities. Here's more. The VRA will spend the 10 million CDs to provide variety of food and water for displaced persons. It will also deploy tankers to consistently supply clean water to affected communities in an effort to reduce the risk of disease outbreak. Then it will spend part of the funds to provide medical items and personnel to screen and administer medical treatment for emergent health issues. Buses and pickups are also being provided by the authority to assist in internal transport of goods and affected persons. The VRA has also committed to restore the damaged water supply system in the North Tong district. This is to ensure the provision of clean water. You had details of how the VRA hopes to use an initial 10 million CDs it has allocated to alleviate the plight of persons affected by floods in the greater crowd water and eastern regions. Apology, uh, I was hoping to speak to MP for Pru East Kwabna Donko on what he has been personally doing uh, to meet the needs of his people in the Pru, in the Pru uh, East constituency which has been affected by flooding due to the overflow of the Volta Lake. When we reach him we'll bring you the details of that conversation. This is the Midday News on Joy 99.7 FM. Now exclusive details available to join you suggest the Ministry of Finance and the Bank of Ghana have set up a monitoring desk to observe the finances of the Ghana Cocoa Board to ensure discipline in expenditure. Cocoa Board, which is mandated to supervise the production and export of cocoa in the country, is reeling under huge huge annual losses which the IMF has, has identified as a major threat to the sector and government's fiscal efforts. Finance Minister Ken Ofriata, who confirms this to my colleague George Riafi says the purchase of fertilizers and construction of cocoa roads will be strictly monitored to ensure they are within budget limits. Both the uh, governor of the central bank and the minister for finance myself will now be on the board and uh, we also uh, have um, set up a, a desk or setting up a desk um, at the Ministry of Finance that will really interact with the financing division of Cocoa Board um, to make sure that the issues of fertilizer, cocoa roads, um, overheads, you know, are all brought um, into an ambit um, of, um, of discipline. Um, so those then uh, begin to tell you how we are getting into the issue of expenditure and also on the revenue side. Now, the finance minister is currently in London to negotiate with the country's external creditors to accept a 40% haircut in the proposed restructuring of the country's $10 billion debt. $10 billion debt. Now, a successful negotiation will open the door for the release of the second tranche of the IMF bailout. Ken Ofriata is confident a deal will be reached before the end of the year. Um, to acknowledge that, you know, we haven't come this without come to this without doing anything. Our domestic debt exchange program was difficult, um, sacrificial, um, and so we have bed and shared. Um, it's not like we are coming and telling you, well, you take a haircut and we haven't done anything. Considerable restructuring in Ghana, where we moved interest rates 
from maybe an average of 19.2 to 9%. Now that's significant. Uh, And so that's all on the table. Um, We have done our part with regards to burden sharing. We have done our part with regards to the economic indicators as to where we go. We've done it in the fastest possible time. I think it then behoves you to also tick those three boxes that we have so that we can get to the equilibrium that would ensure faster productivity. I know that the bilateral agreement or MOU is critical for the board approval. Where do these eurobond actors and private creditors also play? I think the, the, the connection, um, first and foremost, is really with the official creditors, uh, the Paris Club, Common Framework, the DSSI that we are working on, that sort of affects really uh, immediately what the board of the IMF does. Um, the ones with the um, commercial creditors is almost like a good faith discussions are going on towards a restructuring, and I think we are proving that we are engaging in a good way. Um, I'm sure most people were expecting it to be way um, sometime next year, that world, but I think we'll be able to do it before year end. Finance Minister Ken Oferieta speaking to my colleague George Biafive. Meanwhile, President Ikufado has expressed optimism the Ghanaian economy is rebounding despite the shocks experienced in his administration. According to him, inflation, which is a major driver, is gradually declining. That's projecting a positive economic outlook. He's therefore convinced of hitting a single-digit inflation target before his tenure in office ends in 2024. Samuel Imbura has more. President Akufado made these remarks during his address at the presidential conference on youth in agriculture held as part of the second phase of the planting for food and jobs program at the University of Ghana. I'm happy to inform you that the prospects for the rebounding of the Ghanaian economy are growing stronger and stronger. It is my fervent wish that before I leave office, we can return our nation to the single digit rate of inflation that characterized my first term in office especially as food supplies are increasing with food prices declining. And I'm determined to continue to work on this. The Youth in Agriculture program, which is a component of the Planting for Food and Jobs initiative, is designed to provide young people with essential agriculture inputs at no cost. Minister for Food and Agriculture, Brian Champon, expressed his confidence in the program's potential and advised the young people to invest their time in it rather than engaging in risky activities like gambling. To put it in perspective, this means that each cropping season, a young farmer makes a monthly net income of 907 Ghana cities per acre. And for the proposed 10 acres, this is equivalent to 9,073 Ghana cities per month. 9,000 cities per month. Bet.com does not pay or guarantee 9,000 CDs per month. You heard a report by Samuel Imbura. Now, the Ghana Bar Association, GBA, is demanding a national dialogue on the designation of security zones in the country. This call comes after the police prevented the minority in parliament from holding a protest at the Bank of Ghana and the Fix the Country movement from picketing the frontage of the Jubilee House because they are security zones. Here is the GBA president, Yawe Champon Boafo. There is the need for a national dialogue for us to, for there to be an agreement as to which installations qualify to be designated as security zones, in respect of which there should be no demonstration on such 
supremacists. The theme for such demonstrations should not be couched in insulting and derogatory terms. Jilobi, a gun word, translates as the child of a thief. And we think that such things are really, really not appropriate. Even though protests and demonstrations are an integral part of activism in constitutional democracies, care must be taken that such demonstrations are organized in an orderly and decent manner devoid of insults. The Ganaba Association has also been condemning recent attacks on journalists by political party fanatics, arguing they vandalize and attack anybody belongs to the Stone Age. Now, still on attacks on the media, the Ghana Independent Broadcasters Association, GIBA, says the 2,400 CD fine imposed on MPP supporters who stormed and attacked UTV is not deterrent enough. President of GIBA, Cecil Sunkwa Mills, has also been questioning the charges leveled against the now convicted persons. After getting the prosecution, um, we see the figure, and we all Ghanaians, and uh, we do understand. Uh, even though the f- the the fine of two thousand four hundred, and uh, of of course they become convict, uh, they would have to be of bonded of good behaviour. But what does this send, and how does this protect um, or, or or prevent future events of? It's not deterrent this, enough. This is exactly what we were saying. Um, of course, um, the the court uh, came out with a judgment based on the charges that were presented. Um, by the prosecution, which was the police. And uh, this was our major our major point of that. Uh, we thought, and from the number of things that happened, for example, in the UTV case, they actually there was forcible entry, unlawful entry. Um, two people were assaulted. We then threw staff there. The people were threatened. Now, we've, we did not see all these other activities that went on by the hooligans. We did not see that on the charge sheet. Cecil Sunkwa Mills is president of Geba. Meanwhile, journalist and host of Good Evening Ghana on Metro TV, Paula Domotri says he'll file a police complaint against some NDC members who he says have threatened him. We'll hear from him shortly. First, though, my colleague Kwiko Santi joins me in studio with details. Um, what are the details of these alleged threats, Kwiko? So there's a Facebook post by one Amose Blessing Amos, who is the NDC's Greater Accra Regional Youth Organizer. He says, now that we know the fine for invading a studio is 2,400 CDs, Paul Adomotri should continue. Mm, and what has Mr. Adomotri's reaction been? Paul Adomotri says he considers this attack an attack on his person and is going to report the said persons to the Ghana Police Service. I'm Mose Blessing Amos. I'm going to tell the police. I'm Mose, get ready. You pay legal fees because you take a lawyer. You pay legal fees and you come and stand in the court and explain what you mean by you have no, you know the price for it. You can pay for it. You are so rich that you can pay for it. So Paul Adumoshi should continue fooling. I must say, I'm coming for you. You will hear that this is a democracy. You will understand it. Ghana is a democracy. You think we are joking because it's prelude to election. I am going to invoke. Next time you watch Good Evening Ghana and you have an opinion to express, you will express the opinion without threatening. This is a threat. You should go and read the criminal procedure code. You heard Paula Dumontri speaking on his Good Evening Ghana program. This is the Midday News still to come. Final score. St. Louis Senior High School has 26 points. Wesley Girls High School has 31 points. Achimota School has 41 points.
budgets are tight and money difficult to come by. You want to be sure you get the best value for your money. These are not times to be spending money fixing expensive engine problems because of cheap fuel and lubricants. Drive to a petrol source station today and buy your quality fuel and lubricants and rest assured of fuel that lasts long and lubricants that prevent expensive engine problems. Hear the sound. <laughs> Petrosol, clean fuel in full quantity. Thanks for staying on the Midday News on Joy 99.7 FM, brought to you by Petrosol and Duroplast. It's now time for sports. Thank you very much, Benes. Now, the African Football League is all set to kick off tomorrow in Tanzania, marking CAF's new competition. The tournament will showcase the talent of eight of Africa's top clubs. No Ghanaian representation, though. The clubs include Al Ahli from Egypt, Mamelodi Sundowns from South Africa, and Morocco's Widad Casablanca. You can catch the matches live on the Joy Prime channel. Let's hear from CAF's head of TV and communications, Luzolo September. African Football League is a sister competition to the CAF Champions League and one doesn't replace the other. It is a complementary relationship. If you think about the number of games the European teams are playing, each team plays about 54 to 60 matches. In Africa, our teams play about 34 matches a season. That's almost half of that. If you look at the 60 matches and the revenue that is generated from the 60 matches, Africa needs to catch up because the matches is linked to content and content is linked to revenue. Now, I almost always have a problem with people who are criticizing the solutions coming from Africa without giving viable solutions to the material conditions we face. Africa doesn't need aid. It has received aid for the last 50 years. African football needs innovative solutions so that it can be self-sustaining itself. That's Luzolo September, head of TV for CAF. Thanks, Bubarak. And this afternoon, the Ghana AIDS Commission says over 30% of persons living with HIV tend to defer their treatment because the commission is unable sometimes to provide them with free antiretroviral drugs. According to Director General of the Commission, Dr. Tremier Chiahene, the commission has a funding gap forcing patients to pay for treatment themselves. Speaking to my colleague Benjamin Ekak on the AM show, Dr. Chiahene described the situation as worrying. Some facilities have decided to charge people living with HIV for some of the services, for example, um, laboratory services, and that is costing them a lot. Out-of-pocket payment relating to HIV treatment by persons living with HIV in Ghana cost, the, cost them out-of-pocket payment was in 2021 it went up to $32 million. Now, wow. this is very worrying because it's supposed to be free. But because we do not have the money, you know, we have huge funding gap of about $89 million a year. Dr. Tremier Chiahin is Director General of the Ghana AIDS Commission. Now to Tech Thursday. Controlling electrical and electronic home appliances can be a daunting task, especially for persons living with disability. Though some appliances can be controlled remotely, they have separate remote controllers and may even require the use of the internet. What if you can control all your home appliances using your phone's Bluetooth? That's what a student from the Sunyani Technical University has developed. Love FM's Chrissy Deborah has more. This is home automation using Bluetooth. You install the Bluetooth app. The first bulb is for the light. This one is for the fan. This is for the AC. And this is for TV. So you have to 
take your phone, go to the app. So when you go to the app, you connect. So that when you are at home, inside, sitting at your phone zone, you can operate any appliance in the home, wherever you are seated. And I said earlier on that for the disabled too, it is very good for them since they cannot move around. When they are seated, they can just sit there either on the TV or off it, on the fan, off the fan, any appliance in the room. You heard Sunyani Technical University student Farida Ali for Tech Thursday. And after a nail-biting and nerve-wracking contest, the Chimoto School has secured the first slot at the grand finale of the NSMQ. The school locked horns with Wesley Girls Senior High School and St. Louise SHS to end their 14-year finale miss out. Emmanuel Bright-Perku interacted with the students after the heated contest. How do you feel qualified after 14 years? Oh, I feel ecstatic. I, I, I feel so good. In fact, um, if you realize, we are actually the pioneers of the National Science and Mass Quiz, actually. And we are actually the only co-educational institution to win it. And, in fact, a lot of people were calling us underdogs. Lots of people didn't actually believe in us. But today, we are here and we have shown them that we are truly the heads of the host. And we are going to show them again. So, the final. so, so do you think we are, we are winning that? Oh, we are winning this. We are winning this. There's always more work to be done. And we are not afraid of any school that's coming. We are prepared for them. I trust the boys and they will deliver. All right, sure. So Achimota just qualified to um, the grand finale. They took the first lot of the grand finale. They met with St. Louis SHS and Wesley Girls SHS. And they beaten them by some 41. 